Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first 10 minutes of a private conversation between a Tudor personality and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is October 1511. King James's new ship, the Great Michael, is being launched in New Haven, and he's talking with anyone who'll listen about his plans for the Navy. Ahoy there! You can just say hello, Your Majesty. You don't need to try to. Oh, um, I thought it was... Oh, anyway, g- good morning. Good morning, sir. All ready for the launch? Aye. The great Michael's a beauty, isn't she? Indeed, sir. The largest warship in Europe. Oh, really? Aye. 120 feet by 36 feet. She's twice the size of the Mary Rose. You don't say. The whole of Christopher Columbus's fleet could fit in the hull. Right. We're not going to do that, though, are we? We've got a crew of 300. We need the space. Oh, no, no. It's um, it's just for reference. You know, she weighs over a thousand tonnes. Most of that are the 27 bronze cannon on board. Her walls are ten foot thick. No enemy cannon will break through that, I can assure you. So what's the plan after the launch, sir? She'll be towed into the 4th in February next year, and then she'll sail on to Queensferry. Excellent. Well, I really must... You know, I used all the wood in Fife to build her. Had to import some from Norway as well, and France. France? Oh, yes. My shipwright, Martin Leneau, is French. I guess with a name like that. Aye, the best are in England, but I'm not going to employ them for obvious reasons. So, I get French ones. Hence the French wood. Don't we have enough in Scotland? Uh, There's a shortage of hardwood in Scotland. Well, there is now. Aye. I think we're coming close to wiping out our supply. So, I thought it prudent to import some. At least France is close. Thank God for the French. God, I hate the English. We've been at loggerheads with them ever since that treaty in 1295 between Scotland and France. Well, you can blame Edward I for that. Why? We agreed that if either Scotland or France were attacked by England, the other would attack it. What for? so that England would be fighting a war on two fronts as opposed to one. Clever. Have you heard that England has decreed that all Scots without official residency should be banished from England? Seems a bit harsh. They have 40 days. I mean, there's no need for that. No, sir. Most Scots don't want to be there unless they absolutely have to be. Aye, sir. On the other hand, the English are so much fun to fight. Sir? Well... All you have to do is lure them onto our land. What then? The Scottish weather will do half the work. They're not used to it. Aye, the weather does take getting used to. And the English put the generals at the back of the battle. I put mine up in their front line. Good to know, sir. Remind me not to go for promotion. You must be frustrated, though. Sir? The Navy in Scotland is virtually non-existent. We can't defend our coast. It's so long. Our biggest enemy, England, shares a land border with us, sir. They don't need to sail here. They can just walk it. But the roads are terrible. So travelling by sea is often quicker and easier. True, sir. And besides, the Scottish merchants need protection. 
do they? The Firth of Forth is particularly susceptible to attack by pirates. Pirates? It's why I suggested the island rock of Inchgarvey near Queensferry erected a castle to defend the Firth. Yes, you're very involved, aren't you? Only six weeks after being crowned, I was at Leith watching the ships and learning about naval warfare. Bet they loved that. It's my great love. My obsession. It's the largest item in the royal accounts. You certainly do seem to have a large budget for these things. You know, my uncle, the King of Denmark, asked for my help. Did he? He wanted my navy at his disposal. We're only a short sail away if you think about it. So shall I expect a mission to Denmark shortly, sir? No, I told him they weren't ready yet. Oh? I know there are allies, but I'm not having my brand new babies blasted to smithereens. I know we're family, but... Oh, I didn't realise, sir. Aye, I have Danish heritage. My father was King James III of Scotland. My mother was Margaret of Denmark. How interesting. Now I really must... There is an interesting story about that. Oh, dear. Her marriage dowry was to be paid in cash and the Orkney and Shetland Islands were pledged as security. Were they really? Denmark never paid up, so they were subsumed into Scottish territory. Never been to either, but I hear they are lovely. So was my mother, poor woman. She brought me up, really. She was given guardianship of me. What happened to your father? Didn't get on with him. He blamed my mother for taking part in a rebellion against him. Oh, I see. What happened to him? He was slain after fleeing from the battlefield. I'm very sorry to hear that, sir. I still feel guilty about how I treated him. I wear an iron belt around my waist for penance. Can you hear that? Yes, I just thought it was the anchor being pulled up. No, that's me. Burns a lot of calories, though. Well, I'm sure your father would be very proud of you now. He had a terrible attitude towards justice, so crime was never dealt with when he was king. And you don't share the same attitude? I've introduced a law that forbids the immediate eviction of a tenant when an estate has changed hands. Gives them a bit of security. Very good. I've also banned football, golf and other unprofitable sports. Yeah, that won't last long. We need to take Scotland out of the Dark Ages and into line with England and Europe. How are we going to do that? Take Glasgow, now an archbishopric. I beg your pardon? It's going to become one of the largest cities in Scotland, with Robert Blackadder at the helm. Robert Blackadder? Yes, he's the new Archbishop. Well, if he's like the other Blackadders I've heard of, he certainly will end up on top, usually of the monarch as well. I'll erect a new palace at Falkland, a new Gothic design at Holyrood, Linlithgow Palace, Stirling Castle, grand designs for them all. You get about a bit, don't you? I'll tell you a little secret. Can I trust you? You can trust me, sir. I've signed the Official Secrets Act. At least I think that's what it was. I ride around the country in disguise. Cross-dresser? Sorry? What? The carry-on. I ask people what the king is like and what kind of man he is, what people say of him. Really? Gives me critical feedback, you see. They never lie. Also gets them hung, I'd have thought. I'm very happy staying in an alehouse or a peasant's house. Give them a small fee in return. Have you just invented the bed and breakfast? I go to jousting tournaments incognito as well. You pick up a lot of surgical knowledge at those places. Surgical knowledge, sir? Aye, I'm actually very skilled in surgery. Many people come to me for advice. 
Um, I pay people to let me do operations on them. Just small things like bloodletting or dentistry. <laughs> I paid a blind woman once to see if I could cure her cataracts. And did you? No, but then you know she was already blind, so it didn't matter really. Well, that's good to know. Now, if you ever get syphilis, come to me. I don't know what you've heard about me, but... I've issued an act that all those suffering from syphilis can assemble at Leith. To be shot? No! To take a boat to one of the islands until they're better and not infectious. I'll spread the word, sir. This is advanced stuff, you know. Many people think it's dangerous to wash your face in case it weakens your eyesight. What does your court physician say? John Damien. He's got troubles of his own. Sir? He made a pair of wings and attempted to fly from Stirling Castle to France. Had he been drinking? He landed at the foot of the rock and broke his thigh. I was with him, you know. And what happened? I ran down to the foot of the rock and all he said was, I've used the wrong sort of feathers. I think you need a new court physician, sir. Perhaps someone a bit more educated. Quite right. Education is very important. Yes, it is, sir. All landowners are now legally obliged to send their eldest son to grammar school. Oh, really? We need to increase education as much as we can. Starting with medicine, if your physician is anything to go by. Edinburgh will be the first city to allow dissections decades before London. I won't be taking advantage of that, sir. I will give King's College Aberdeen a charter, so it will be the first medical school, and it will be open to all. They'll need textbooks. We don't have any printing presses up here. That's true. I shall issue a warrant to allow printing as well. Fan of reading, are you? Not especially. I'm more outdoorsy. Oh, right. Horses, dogs, tennis, riding, hawking. If I'm not travelling around my own country, of course. Well, it's a pleasure to see you here in person at our new dockyard at Newhaven, sir. The centre of shipbuilding has always been at Dunbarton in the west. I wanted two new ones in the east. No, don't tell me. Newhaven and the Pool of Earth near Stirling. Exactly! Leith was having trouble with its sandbanks. That's where Margaret was. Your wife? My ship. She was built in a special dock at Leith because she was huge two years after we married. I hope your wife didn't take that personally. She has four masts and weighs nearly 700 tonnes. The ship, not your wife. Her wood came from Kincardine, Aloha and Strathern, as well as France and Norway. Cost £8,000. But that's equivalent to £1 million. As I said, shipbuilding is my passion. Her maiden voyage was to the Isle of May. Very romantic. Oh, your wife came too. Well, aye, but I only had eyes for the ship. That's not what I've heard. Oh, well, um, I never said I was the faithful type. Hmm... Besides, there's a 16-year age gap. You can do a lot in that time. Such as produce seven illegitimate children. Across four mistresses. Margaret Drummond, who died suddenly and was allegedly poisoned. Not true. Poor Margaret and her sisters. Marion Boyd. You've got three with her. Correct. Janet Kennedy, another three. And I gave her Darnaway Castle on the condition that she remained single and unmarried. And your bit on the side. And Lady Agnes Stewart, one wing with her. Look, Margaret Tudor came as part of the peace negotiations with King Henry. I never said it was true love. Didn't work though, did it? Does the name Sir Andrew Wood ring any bells? That man, a naval god. 
Oh, don't tell him that, for goodness sakes. He's already incredibly big-headed. Just because he won in major sea battles against the English, Henry offered a grand for anyone that could capture him. And united him. Well, the alliance with France also provided me with an opportunity to annoy Henry Tudor without going to war. Oh, I see. And France has a lot of money to spend, and we need their money and their wood to get all the ships built. Tell me again why we need all these ships, sir. We're going on crusade. What? The Holy Lands. The Holy Lands? Yes, we'll need ships and men to fight, and that's where you come in. Hang on. I thought our biggest enemies were the English. They are. But we'll be fighting them on land, at the border, in Derrick or some such places. We will, but you're in the Navy. You won't see any fighting that way. Exactly. Why do you think I joined up? Now I really must go. I've got to write a resignation letter to the Admiral. Next time, it's Margaret Pohl and the Wealth Manager. I mean, I can help her spend it. The Lost Texts of History podcast is a Synth79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this person, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 